friends, welcome back to the Bible Project Daily Podcast as we continue this amazing journey through the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. That's the project that we're doing together. We're in season two, which is the book of Genesis. We're in the middle of today looking at the second half of Genesis chapter 26, beginning at verse 12 to the end of the chapter, where we're considering what this passage about Isaac and his relationship with the Philistines can teach us about opposition and opportunity. So we'll just pick up straight away where we left off in the story last time, which is at verse 15, which tells us this. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug at the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Move away from us, you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar, where he settled. All right then, so what's going on? You'll remember that back in the day, back in his father's day, they had made an agreement and they dug wells. But now the Philistines are in opposition to Isaac, Abraham's son. They come and they fill up and they they fill up the wells with dirt. They make them unusable. Now that's the lifeblood of the land, particularly if you're like Isaac and his livelihood depended on crops and flocks and herds of animals. For them to do this, well, it's really quite outrageous because in the very first place, you remember, they had not that long ago made this covenant promise with Abraham. So they're breaking that very promise by covering up these wells. It's more than a promise. It was a covenant. So doing this in many ways, you could say, is almost like a declaration of war. And their motivation is that they're envious, they're fearful of him, and they decide, you know what, we're going to run them out of time, we're going to run them out of the region, force them out, and we'll do that by cutting off his water supply. It's interesting to me that some of the great conflicts, even today in the 20 and 21st century, have revolved around the control of water supplies. So, okay, what is actually going on here, back in this story? Well, we see, because the text told us in the preceding verses, that Isaac is being blessed by God. And then, at the very same time, as that blessing is happening, this opposition rises up. So what does he do? What should he do when facing opposition by those who don't share his beliefs? What should we do when we face opposition by those who don't share our beliefs? Or are jealous, or even fearful of the blessing that they see us receiving? Well, look at verse 17. It tells us he departed and he pitched his tent somewhere else. Now, I believe there's a kind of a principle being established here and it cuts across all our relationships, not just then, but all our relationships today as people of faith. Not just when you have some opposition generally, but particularly when opposition rises up in the light of God blessing you. Mark this well. Romans chapter 12 tells us this. Do not repay anyone's evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is all is possible as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Wow, what a challenge that is. So Isaac here in this story, Isaac had the rights to those wells because of the covenant made with his father. But yet he still chooses to say, you know what, I'm not going to fight you. I'm just going to leave and go somewhere else. 
something's going on here that though or not overtly stated, I think it's clearly implied in the life of Isaac and the events occurring here. And that is, he's simply choosing to keep trusting the Lord. He is aware that the Lord has been blessing him. And instead of standing firm on this occasion and sticking up for his rights, which would have probably meant going to war, he said, you know what? I'm just going to keep trusting the Lord and I'm going to try as much as it is on my part, on my account, remain at peace with everyone. So he just moves away. Okay, all right, what happens next then? Well, let's pick up the text in verses 19 to 22. And it tells us, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Gerar quarreled with those of Isaac's and said, This water is ours. So he named that well Esek because they disputed with him there. Then he dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. So he named it Sitna. And he moved on from there and he dug another well and no one quarreled over it. He named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in the land. So he moved to another part of the land, and he dug more wells, and he named them. And by the way, that process of naming these wells that he's been digging, that really suggests titleship, ownership. So he's done this amazingly gracious thing and all's going to be okay then, isn't it, right? I mean, he did the right thing. He moved. He continued to seek peace. So he's going to get peace, right? Well, not so fast. Look at verse 20. The herdsmen of the location, they quarrel with him each time he digs a well. So he digs another well and they quarrel with him again. I mean, it's going on and on. And every time he digs a well, these Philistine people come and they quarrel with him and dispute the well. That's why he names these wells with Hebrew words that literally mean strife and contention. He's simply naming the wells as he goes along each time based on what's happened. And because he gets nothing but strife and contention, that's what he names them. Names them. But remember, that strife that's coming is motivated by the Philistines, envy of his blessing, fear of him growing stronger, which actually we'd see it develop to out and out hate as this passage progresses. God is blessing him, that's true, continuing to bless him, yet he is facing nothing but opposition. Every time he digs a well, he goes to all that effort and it does nothing more than cause another quarrel. It seems he can't win. But then finally he builds a well and they don't choose to visit and quarrel with him at that one that's verse 22 and that's why he calls the place Rehoboth which basically in Hebrew means a wide place an open place so the suggestion there is God is finally giving his perception of it is that God is finally giving him room to live alongside these other people now let me tell you what is staggering about this story remember Right from the beginning, he didn't actually have to move. As a matter of fact, he had a covenant agreement entitling him to live there. His father had made a covenant, which is an incredibly important agreement, which should never be broken with these very people. And yet they come out here and they break that covenant And they break it and openly declare the reason for breaking it is because they say you're growing stronger than we are. So legally, he did not have to leave. 
he had the wherewithal to stay if he was getting strong. He probably could have stayed and fought and won. But instead of that, he said, you know what? I'd rather try and live in peace. If I had to dig wells three times and had them covered over, I would struggle to make the decision to keep choosing the path of peace. Anyway, I think embedded in this story are two aspects of his response to facing opposition that we can learn from. The big one is primarily he kept trusting the Lord, but also he kept pursuing peace as much as he could on his part. He kept trying to remain gracious to his neighbours that he shared the land with. Now, I submit to you that the way to handle opposition when we face it, even and particularly if it's opposition in the midst of the Lord's blessing, is to always remain gracious. Because we must remember that if the Lord is blessing us, it's usually because we've been trusting in the Lord all along. So why wouldn't we continue to want to try and do that? He can bless you in one place and in another place whether that be spiritually or physically. He can bless you in one neighbourhood, one situation, as well as another. As long as we keep trusting and as long as we keep acting graciously on our part and attempting to live in peace with other people, God, I believe, will want to continue to keep blessing us, perhaps even all the more. So up to this point, I've just made two points so far. One is to trust the Lord and to live in peace with other people, even when we face opposition. But I think there's more to this story, and something is about to be revealed that I think is incredibly fascinating. But we'll pick that up in the next episode. A quick reminder that there's always a transcript of what I've said available in any audio version of this podcast. The audio podcast is hosted on Buzzsprout. Within the episode notes of each episode, there's an approximate transcript of what I've said. So if you happen to be watching on a video on one of the visual platforms, there's always a link there through the audio version where you'll find the episode notes with the transcript. And if you've just joined us on this journey for the first time today, can I recommend that you go right back to the start? The first 66 episodes are an overview of each and every book of their Bible. And then season two launched out when we began the journey together. Chapter one, verse one of Genesis on what will be an amazing journey. God willing, through the whole Bible. But that's it for today. I hope to see you right back here very soon. Tomorrow for me, hopefully very soon for you too, on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye-bye for now.